Now, I know none of you are clock watchers, but it's 5 to 11, and this is about the time I normally get done with my introduction. Open God's words, if you would, to Acts chapter 10. How many of you have had a perfect life? No bumps in the road. No, no wonderment or question or wondering what God's going to do tomorrow. Good, good, good. Any of you that's had the perfect life, let me see your hands. Had a good life. Had a life with a lot of blessings in it. A lot of love. But look at, as we looked last week in chapter 9 of the book of Acts in verse 17, Peter was greatly perplexed. Even Peter didn't always understand everything and why it was happening. Two verses later it says that, while Peter was reflecting on the vision of the sheet that came down from heaven with all the unclean animals on it, Peter was reflecting on that. And I encouraged you this week to take time to be still and know that He is God, to slow down and be able to reflect, to meditate, to be marinated and sautéed in the Word of God and in the presence of God. Now this is a rhetorical question. You, you don't need to answer this aloud, but how many of you actually took time to do that this week? I pray that you did, that you took time See, because if you didn't, you're the same as you were last week. If you did, hopefully and prayerfully, you're different than you were last week. That you love Jesus more today than you did last week. I get perplexed about things. Friday night I was pretty perplexed because we had grand, grandkid duty this weekend and my granddaughter has some breathing issues and she hasn't had an episode in three months and she had one Friday night and Beth and I were babysitting for her. And the other grandkids. I was perplexed. I was, Lord, help. <laughs> we need your help here. But Peter took the time to reflect on the vision. Nobody said it's going to be all roses or cookies and cream or Reese's peanut butter cups or whatever your favorite is. Nobody said it was all going to be that there are times that we will be perplexed in our lives and again I go back to what is the song in your heart when you're perplexed where do you go what song do you hear do you cry out to God or do you look for 1-800-PSYCHIATRIST and ask for counseling there's nothing wrong with that sometimes we need some counseling I'm not in any way denigrating counselors or psychiatrists. But first, as a believer, our heart should turn to the Lord. Our heart should turn to Jesus when we're perplexed and we don't understand what's going on. But Peter had the vision, and, and we looked at that, and, and it was kind of a back and forth uh, from the beginning. The first eight verses were Cornelius and, and the, the angel that came and talked to him and told him to send some men down to Joppa to, to, to get Peter, who was staying with the tanner, to, to come and, 
and share the gospel. And then verses 9 through 22, we have, or 9 through 16, we had Peter having his vision. And then again, what we've just been talking about, Peter's perplexed and reflecting, spending time. The Spirit said to him in verse 19 of chapter 9, Behold, three men are looking for you. Arise and go downstairs. Peter went down. And then verse 23, the next day, six of the brothers from Joppa accompanied him, along with the three men that Cornelius had sent. And they get, uh, they get, to, they get there uh, to uh, Caesarea. There we go. We get to Caesarea. In, in uh, verses 29 to the end of the chapter, Cornelius recounts the, the vision that he had with the angel and why he sent for Peter. And it, it, Just one of the simple lessons that we can learn from this is that God, God's word is true and, and he tells us that all things work together for good. They work together. When, when God's orchestrating, when we, when we get, our, get in the way and we orchestrate it, sometimes we mess things up. And it doesn't go quite as well or quite as smoothly. But here we can see that at the same time or about the same time that Cornelius is having a visit from an angel, that, that Peter is having a vision the next day and, and it just comes together. What a, what a coincidence, huh? That, that these guys come all the way down to, to jo- or from Joppa to to, or excuse me, from Caesarea to Joppa to find Peter, and Peter goes back with them, and he understands that even though they're quote unquote dirty Gentiles, that because of his vision, that he is supposed to go. He is supposed to go and share the gospel with Cornelius and his family. So, verse 34, Peter begins to preach. He says, I most certainly understand now that God is not one to show partiality, but in every nation the man who fears him and does what is right to welcome him. Uh, we talk, James chapter 2 is, is the, the uh, idea of, of, of esteeming the rich guy and giving him the place of honor versus the poor guy that we stick in the back corner. Well, it's a little different here. Here, it's, it's a little higher level than where you're sitting in the auditorium. It has to do with salvation and whether it's for you or not. And, and Jesus tells Peter, go, because now it's available to the Gentiles too. It's not just to the Jews. It's to go to what the Jews have always deemed as unclean. And they wouldn't think of going and staying with the Gentiles. They wouldn't think of sharing the gospel with those dirty Gentiles. God says, go. Go and tell them. I most certainly understand now that God is not one to show partiality, but in every nation the man who fears him and does what is right is welcome to him. The one who fears him and does what is right to him. You can hold your place in Acts there. I'm just going to read a couple verses from Acts 66 briefly. 66, 1 through 3. Thus says the Lord, heaven is my throne and the earth is my footstool. Where, Where then is a house you could build for me and what a place that I may rest? For my hand made all these things. Thus all these things came into being, declares the Lord. But to this one I will look. To him who is humble 
and contrite of spirit and who trembles at my word. Do you tremble at God's word? Do you tremble at God's word? Do you fear God enough? Do you let the Holy Spirit convict you of your sin, knowing from God's word what is right is wrong? Do you tremble at God's words? Because if you don't, you're not the one God's going to pay attention to. God's word says that, not me, okay? Isaiah 66, 1 through 3. God pays attention to those that have a broken and a contrite spirit and to those that tremble at his word. Do you tremble at his word? The man who fears him and does what is right is welcome to him. The words which he sent to the sons of Israel preaching, preached through Jesus Christ, he is Lord of all. You yourselves know the thing which took place throughout all Judea, starting from Galilee, after the baptism which John proclaimed. You know that Jesus of Nazareth, how God appointed him with the Holy Spirit and with power, and how he went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed by the devil, for God was with him. We are witnesses of all the things. Do you know that if God was with Jesus Christ, how much more do we need him? Just, just one of those little things. Think about if Christ needed his heavenly father, if he needed God to give him the power and strength to carry out his ministry, how much more do we need the presence of God in our lives? He said, uh, let's see. Verse 39, we are witnesses of all the things he did both in the land of the Jews and in Jerusalem, and they also put him to death by hanging him on a cross. Now, the last time we've heard Peter preaching this was in front of the Sanhedrin. Well, Stephen preached it too, and got, he, got, he got killed over it. Because remember that the Sanhedrin, the Pharisees, the Sadducees, they didn't, they didn't want to acknowledge that Christ fulfilled the law and that Christ fulfilled the temple because if he had, then they were irrelevant. Remember that? So they didn't want that preach. I just find it interesting that it's still one of Peter's points preaching to the Gentiles here. He wants them to know the truth as well. But they put him to death by hanging him on a cross. But more importantly, verse 40, God raised him up on the third day and granted that he should become visible, not to all the people, but to witnesses who were chosen before him by God, that is to us who ate and drank with him after he arose from the dead. And he ordered us to preach to the people and solemnly to testify that this is the one who had appointed, who had been appointed by God as judge of the living and the dead. Of him, all the prophets bear witness that through His name, everyone who believes in him, receives forgiveness of sins. Would you all in unison read with me the verse that's on this board behind me? We'll start with the the reference and end with it. Acts 4.12 Neither is there salvation in any other, for there is none other name under heaven given among men, whereby we must be saved. Acts 4.12. It is the name of Jesus. 
And this is what is verse 43 again of him. All the prophets bear witness that through his name, through Christ's name, because Christ, Jesus Christ is the name that the Jews acknowledged as Savior. That was the name of the Savior and Messiah. Christ was to be the Messiah. And he was, they just didn't acknowledge it. They didn't accept him as Messiah. They didn't accept him as their Savior. And that through his name, everyone who believes in him receives forgiveness of sins. We were going to try to make it to the end of the chapter, but we'll save that for next week. Verses 36, there we we see that God sent... Verses 37 to 41 is just a, a, a short history lesson. And, and 43 is the, is the punch to the whole message. That it is at the name of Jesus. That the prophets told about it. Okay? But it, it's at the name of Jesus and through his name that everyone who believes in him receives forgiveness of sins. Now we're going to find out next week that it didn't take baptism of water. It didn't take... Laying on of hands for people to receive the Holy Spirit, for them to be saved. Just reflect. Spend time marinating on this this week. Reflect and soak that in, that it is through his name that everyone who believes in him receives forgiveness of sins. Turn with me, if you would, in closing. Colossians 1.16, I kind of blew past my point, and I'm trying to go back and, and, and fill in a little bit, because I looked down at my notes and saw I missed this, and I want you to see this, Colossians chapter 1. Verse 16, um, I, I know a few times when, when I've been gone in different occasions, and I think once I was pretty sick, or maybe it was right after my surgery, I wasn't supposed to preach. So we've watched three or four of the Lou Giglio's messages on, on DVD. Have we watched the one yet that talks about luminin? Does anybody remember luminin? What's that? Sounds familiar? Probably just because I've talked to you and asked you before if you remember showing it. I, he, he, yeah. Stephen, Stephen, I appreciate you, man. I rely on him a lot for his memory in that. And maybe we did, but if we didn't, we need to watch it again because they don't remember, so they won't even know. <laughs> Colossians 1.16. For by him all things were created, both in the heavens and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities. Get this. All things have created, been created by him and for him. He is before all things and in him all things hold together. Does that ring any bells with luminin now? Yeah? Oh man, we can't show it again. I love I love that sermon by Lou Giglio. <laughs> Maybe we will. Maybe in a few more weeks months you guys will forget too. <laughs> he is before all things, and in him all things hold together. There, there is a, a molecule in our body. There is glue, it's a glue that literally 
Well, I don't. I, I, I misphrased that already. I don't think the, the aluminum is actually a molecule. It's it's a substance of some sort that holds our molecules together. It is the glue that literally holds our cells together. And scientists have, in all their wonderful technology in that now, if you magnify one of those particles of luminin, the, the glue that literally holds us together, when they magnify it, I don't know, like 27,000 times or something like that, the middle of that glue is a cross. He is before all things, and in him all things hold together. He is literally the glue that holds us together. Amen and amen. amen. Hallelujah. It is the name of Jesus. He is Lord. He is the King of kings and the Lord of lords. And if nothing else, this week, when you're feeling perplexed, when you're feeling overwhelmed, when you feel like you just can't make it another day, stop and say the name of Jesus. Pull your Bible out and sit and reflect on his word. If nothing else, open Colossians. Colossians 1, 16 and 17. And remember that he holds it all together. If you want to turn to Matthew 6, he, he, he clothes the, the flowers, the lilies of the field, so beautifully arrayed as he does. And if he cares for the flowers of the field like that, how much more he cares for you and me. He holds us together. He is the glue that holds us together. And he is Lord. It is in his name, back to to Acts 10.43, that through his name, everyone who believes in him receives the forgiveness of sin. Acts 4.12, there is none other name. It is only through the name of Jesus. So although we want to get out and exercise our right to vote in November, regardless of what happens at that election, Jesus Christ is still on the throne. He is still the glue that will hold us together. And he never said it was going to be easy. It's because of our own sin that this is coming upon us. The sin of our nation, the sin of of us here in the state of Michigan. Get on your knees, folks, and pray, please. Pray that God will will stay his hand from, from the damnation that will come with that. That's all there is to it. Let's pray. Father, thank you that you are the glue that holds us together. We thank you for your word. We thank you for uh, focus on the family and their ministry and, and just that we might speak more intelligently to the issues so that people might understand. Uh, they they want to say that we, we hate women and we want to take away their rights, but Father, it's certainly not true. We love life because you are the author of life. You give us life, and then you hold us together. We thank you, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen. We are dis-